Well, good morning, everybody. Looks like everybody's gone today, so uh, <laughs> they sent out a, <laughs> a request for at least somebody to come preach, so I, I, guess, uh, I guess that's me. title of my message today is Mending Broken Fences. Uh, we've got a little property up in the northern hills, and last weekend I went up to seek the Lord and prepare for this message. And when I got up there, I always like to take a ride around and see how things are progressing and make sure all the fences are in order. And lo and behold, I discovered uh, one of the corners of property, the fence had been knocked down. And probably by some, well, I know it was from some elk based on the hair that I saw on the barbed wire. <laughs> I checked that fence periodically last summer during the winter, and it was strong. But there were two wooden posts that were rotten underneath the surface, and uh, those elk took care of the rest and uncovered that weakness. As I pondered uh, how I was going to fix that fence and prepare this message, I sensed the Lord was trying to teach me something through that event, and this is what I heard in my spirit. Fix your fences. For the enemy constantly probes seeking weak parts of your fence line that can easily be breached. Your weakness is often hidden deep within the heart and cannot be seen by others on the outside, much like the rotten wooden fence post hidden under the surface of the ground. A push from the world and from the evil one And the weakened fence falls over, allowing the enemy to invade. Check your fences in your life, that there be no hidden thing lurking within. For what the Lord reveals, he will heal. For the breaches that are discovered, the Lord will fix. It will be the anointing of the prophetic revelation that will reveal the breaches in our lives, in our communities, and even in our nation so that repairs can be made. It's with this introduction that I'd like to have you turn with me to Daniel chapter 10. And I'm going to read verses 10 through 21. And this is out of the uh, modern English version, the MEV. But then a hand touched me, which set me on my knees in the palm of my hands. He said to me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have been sent to you now. And when he had spoken this word, I stood trembling. And then he said to me, do not, uh, then he said to me, do not be afraid, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand this and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. So Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what shall befall your people in the latter days. For the vision is set for many days. And when he had spoken such words to me, I set my face toward the ground. And I became mute. 
Then one in the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. And then I opened my mouth and spoke. And I said to him who stood before me, O my Lord, because of this vision, sorrows have come upon me and I have retained no strength. How can the servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, there remains no strength in me now, nor is there any breath left in me. And then again, the one having the appearance of a man came and touched me, and he strengthened me. He said, O man, greatly beloved, do not fear. Peace be unto you. Be strong and courageous. Then he spoke to me as I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you understand why I've come to you? Now I shall return to fight against the prince of Persia, and when I have gone forth, then truly the prince of Greece will come. But I will show you what is inscribed in the scripture of truth. Yet there is no one who stands firmly with me against these forces except Michael, your prince. Let's pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray, and we pray together, Father, that the power of your Holy Spirit might open our ears and our hearts to hear what you would speak. We pray, Father, that lives here would be touched today, that you, O Lord, would truly increase and that I might decrease. Now, Father, let us hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Daniel was a great prophet, and he was uh, strategically placed during the Jews' captivity while they were in Babylon and later under the Medes and the Persians. And so we find Daniel in his later years here in Persia. And the Lord came to him with a profound prophetic revelation in chapters 11 and 12 that parallels the revelation that John received in the book of Revelation, as he was held captive on the island of Patmos. Now, Daniel wasn't just a religious prophet. He had been an advisor to the king, uh, various kings, actually, uh, throughout his lifetime, all the way from the Babylonians to the Persians. I guess it would be like an individual who was brought in to serve as chief of staff under President Reagan and then served in that same position under Clinton, G.W. Bush, Obama, and now is serving under Trump. Daniel was an important secular leader, along with being an important spiritual leader. He had been praying for the Jewish people, and now the answer came on the wings of messengers, probably angels, perhaps a theophany. A theophany is a, a revelation or an appearance of Christ uh, before his coming in the New Testament. How did this powerful leader then respond? Well, we heard that he stood there trembling. He fell on his face. It was a reaction that was very similar to John's reaction when he encountered Christ at the first part of the book of Revelation. And so that brings us to the first fence that's often breached. It's the fence of how we respond to both spiritual 
and earthly authority. We live in a culture where there's an increasing disdain and lack of respect for those who are in authority. That often begins at home with children disrespecting their parents or carries into the workplace, workers disrespecting their bosses. Or even what we see in society today is how we treat and respect law enforcement. But probably most disturbing is the growth of disrespect and outright mockery against people of faith, those who believe in Jesus Christ. And it's more than just passing laws that limit what pastors can say or coming against someone who has the audacity to pray in Jesus' name. Or it's more than just tearing down crosses in public places. What we see is an outright demonstration of sticking a fist in the face of God and saying that we're God's equal. In short, it's idolatry that tries to put man above the level of God. And such idolatry brings judgment. Like the Jews were judged for their idolatry as they were being held captive in Babylon. So this is a fence that's broken and opens the doors for the powers of hell and darkness to influence individuals and even influence an entire nation. But be assured, God always will have the last say, even to those who respect, disrespect, who mock him, who shake their fists in his face. Listen to what the word of God says. Therefore, God highly exalted him, gave him the name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and on the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We find that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 11. You see, Daniel respected his God. He respected him so much that he stood there trembling in his presence. He feared his God, a fear that embodied respect. I guess it was that kind of fear that came upon me when I was a young major in the Air Force, uh, stationed at Strategic Air Command headquarters, and Commander of Strategic Air Command at the time, Benny Davis, ushered me to his office to give a briefing to all the general officers at SAC headquarters in his private briefing room. Uh, One of the generals, as I started the briefing, complained, said he couldn't see the briefing slides. And so General Davis jokingly said, well, why don't you kneel down? And so I immediately kneeled down. The room burst into laughter. I was a little embarrassed. As General Davis said, no, I didn't mean kneel down. I meant, why don't you go off to the side so they can see the slides? But you see, I respected General Davis because he was the commander of Strategic Air Command, had control of all America's nuclear weapons, and uh, bore that kind of respect. That's a real-world example of, of that. Daniel was a real-world example of respect for God's authority. 
And God respected his prophet Daniel enough to reveal to him the great prophecies of what was about to happen in the immediate future and what would happen at the end of the age. So we read these three messengers came to David and they told him not to be afraid. And this is a common theme in heavenly encounters. And when we look at eschatology and the thing prophesied to, that are to happen before Christ's return, it's easy to become fearful. Uh, we just uh, look at the words in Matthew chapter 24 or the book of Revelation and we begin to see... Uh, the things that are going to happen. And then we couple that with what we see going on in the world around us in places like North Korea or Syria or even in our own country. It's easy to become fear, fearful, to lose hope if that fear becomes unchecked. But you see, Daniel was comforted by God. For example, we read in verse 19 that the messenger called Daniel greatly beloved, or in the NIV that's translated highly esteemed. That's a great compliment coming from God, isn't it? Now, Daniel wasn't highly esteemed because he had the courage to face the lions in the lion's den. He wasn't highly esteemed because he interpreted the leader's dreams and spoke to the leaders of the land or because he kept Jewish dietary rules. The word describes Daniel as a God-seeker, one who set his heart to understand the things of God. And I believe it pleases God when we set our minds to seek him, to chase after him, to pursue him with all our hearts, just as Daniel did through the study of scriptures, through prayer, and with an attitude of humility before God. And humility means that we're in a position where we're ready to learn. Our ears are open to hear what we see, that we see God as the ultimate authority in all things. You see, humility honors God above the arrogant pride of self. We leave the fences open and down when we don't seek after God. We don't seek after a vibrant relationship that's evidenced by prayer and study of his word and bathed with that attitude of humility. But Daniel's prayer wasn't answered immediately. And this is a tough one for me to understand completely. You see, I'd like a prayer checklist that if you prayed a certain way, you'd get an immediate answer from God. But that doesn't always happen. And through this Verses in Daniel, we catch a glimpse of the battles that take place in the spiritual realm. And that can get a little bit spooky. You see, the messenger with an answer to Daniel's prayer was delayed by the demonic prince of Persia, which is described as a territorial spirit of evil. And we're talking real demonic here. And we must realize that Satan is a powerful adversary who seeks to lie, steal, and destroy. He's a powerful force that's greater than our human flesh to resist, our personal will to resist. So a simple prayer cannot easily move him out of an area or place where he's established 
claim to. And the prince of Persia had power over the nation of Persia. And I believe we see such territorial spirits uh, that have invaded various places. You know, I was born in, in Deadwood, for example. The gold rush in 1876 came and established a stronghold for the spirit of greed. And look at what's happening in Deadwood today. is gambling. And if you're against gambling and you decide to say a little prayer to ask that it stops, it probably won't. And there are other places. Have you ever heard of Chicago politics? Or try to move the mafia out of North Boston? Or uh, go to Louisiana and experience some of the politics there? You see, these are spiritual forces that often take root and it takes a heart change of people, people involved to bring revival and removal of these spiritual strongholds, both in our individual lives, our communities, and even throughout the nation. Yet we go back to God's word in Psalm 145, 3, and we read, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unfathomable. God is greater than evil. And so we patiently wait for God's kingdom to be established. As Psalm 145, 13 continues, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. So we trust by faith that this evil one who continues to prowl like a roaring lion, then he, the spirit of God who is in us, is far greater than he who is in the world, the evil one who is in the world. And God is far greater than even the strongholds that have been established. And it's God who is greater and will keep and repair the breaches that the evil one have caused in our fences. Daniel was about to be given a prophetic message. As we read in verse 21, he says, I will show you what is inscribed in scripture or the book of truth. And this is what was being prophetically being revealed to Daniel concerning the future in accordance to what God had ordained for that future to be. The modern church is often divorced itself from the prophetic. Perhaps it's due to religion where we feel our performance earns God's favor. But we have an ability to hear God's voice through the Spirit of God. Revelation chapter 9, 19, verse 10, and I read this from the Amplified Version, says this, For the substance and essence of truth revealed by Jesus is the spirit of all prophecy. Let me read that again. For the substance, essence of the truth revealed by Jesus is the spirit of all prophecy. The vital breath, the inspiration of all inspired preaching and interpretation of the divine will and purpose, including both mine and yours. You see, prophecy makes up about a third of the Bible, so I believe prophecy is kind of important to God. And prophecy is described by Paul as a gift of the Holy Spirit. It reveals the truth 
with the ultimate goal of drawing people to Jesus Christ. It's manifested in several different ways. First, we see, can see the future dimly through a prophetic word, and that prepares us for Christ's return. Prophetic words and revelation give us strength and encouragement for daily living, for the things that happen to us now. And prophetic words can also be a rebuke or correction for things that have happened in the past, particularly the mistakes that we've made. Prophetic words are not always carried by angels, but they can come to us in visions, dreams, and it's just oftentimes a simple sensing of an idea or thought that comes and is generated by the Spirit of God. But when we give a prophetic word to others, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us it's to be given in an attitude of love or it becomes a very loud, distracting thing. And finally, all true prophetic words must align totally and completely with Scripture and they must reflect the true nature and character of God as revealed in Scripture. Sometimes perhaps we reject the prophetic or prophets because maybe it's something that we've seen on Christian television or on a YouTube video where men are seeking the spotlight on themselves or trying to raise money and they come out with flaky words to generate interest. Yet we're warned in scripture, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We are told not to despise prophecy. I look at the example of David Wilkerson, who I would describe as a modern-day prophet. He's gone on to be with the Lord, but many of his books that were written in the 1980s describe with pinpoint accuracy what our culture is about today and many of the things that are happening in America today. I remember we were living in Shreveport. He came to our church Let me tell you, he had the eyes of a prophet. He could see through those fence posts and determine if there was anything rotten underneath the the ground. He had the eyes that looked right through you. Daniel, too, received a prophetic vision. And again, what he saw, he was overwhelmed and he was speechless. Let's look again at verses 16 and 17. O my Lord, because of the vision, sorrows have come upon me, and I have retained no strength. How can the servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, there remains no strength in me now, nor is there any breath left in me. Have you ever felt like that? Overwhelmed with circumstances, challenges, problems that have left you drained? I guess I kind of felt that way when I saw the broken fence Lying on our property, I knew I had a lot of work ahead of me. But life never goes as easy as it seems, and the attacks can come from many different directions, from the outside world, from the sins of others against us, from the pits of hell, and sometimes even from our own shortcomings. But today I have good news. Our God helps mend broken fences. 
You see, God touched Daniel, and he overcame any fear. God gave strength to Daniel, and he'll give strength to each of us. As I was preparing this message, I remembered an incident that I found myself very fearful and my strength drained out of me very immediately when someone made a very antagonistic comment. One of the places that we ministered while we were doing street ministry to the ghettos of Shreveport, Louisiana, was Sir Graham's Barbershop. And it was an all-black barbershop. We'd walk in that barbershop and uh, walk through the many people that were waiting there and shake their hands like a politician looking for votes. And uh, we'd get to the end of the, the line, and Mr. Graham would say, it's time for prayer. All the clippers would stop. Everyone would bow their heads, and we were allowed to pray as the Spirit led. It was a beautiful time. Well, one Saturday morning, we walked in, started our way around, shaking hands, and suddenly a loud voice, angry tone, came from the back of the barbershop. A man got up, and he said, Hey, preacher, what color is Jesus' skin, black or white? I tell you, I was overcome by fear. I couldn't think. I froze. As every clipper stopped, every eye turned, waiting for the answer, you could feel the tension mounting. And what seemed like an eternity, I finally began to speak words I didn't even know that I had in me to speak. And I spoke these words. I don't know what color his skin is, but I do know that his blood was red, like mine and yours, and that he shed his blood for our sins. That broke the ice. And there was a presence of God in that shop that day. And when I got back to that man who yelled those words out, he stood up and gave me a big hug. God will overcome our fear. He made Joshua strong and courageous. He gave him the power to accomplish the conquering of the promised land. He gave David the strength to fight a giant. And he gave Jesus the strength to carry our sins to the cross. God will help us be strong and courageous as we face the challenges before us. Because you see, in the midst of these battles, we can have a peace of God. Daniel received that peace. After Christ's resurrection, Jesus went to visit his disciples. And the first thing he said to them, peace be with you. You see, peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit within us. It's a measure of our relationship with God. It's a measure of how secure our fences are. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 sums it up quite well. Be anxious. For nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with gratitude, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's how we mend 
broken spiritual fences. Prayer and supplication. Daniel was a man of prayer. And he received the peace of God along with a major prophetic download. A download of what was to happen in the near future and even up until the time of Christ's return. You see, as we pray, we can also experience that peace, knowing that the fences around us are secure, that God will protect our hearts and our minds, that we can experience such a peace, a peace that surpasses even that which we can understand. But that peace can only come through a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Today I just want to spend a few moments in prayer. I sense in my spirit that some of you are carrying heavy burdens. Perhaps you've got some fences that are broken down. I went up to the branch yesterday. I found more broken fences. Some that just happened by nature. Trees that got blown over, snapped some wires. Some that man had done. They'd been trimming along the outside of my fence, pushed and brushing, broken a wire. You see, there's things that we can't control. There's things that others do to us. There's things that we fall short. So let's just take a moment and just allow the Spirit of God to minister. I'd ask that everyone would close their eyes and bow their head. First of all, if you're here, And you're not sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you want to change that. That you don't feel that peace that passes all understanding. I'd ask that you just briefly raise your hand. And allow the Spirit of God to minister to you. You see, Bartimaeus was a blind man who had a significant need. Jesus didn't come searching him out. Bartimaeus came to Jesus. He heard that Jesus was coming. He yelled and screamed. Even the crowds told him to be quiet. But Bartimaeus kept stumbling and yelling his way. And sometimes we have to have courage to make that first step. So if anyone here is lacking that peace that passes understanding, let's get that taken care of today through Christ and through the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
there's anyone here that's carrying a burden. And you may be confused as to what to do. It may be grief. It may be. difficult situation you're in with family or at work. Feel free to raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, you've seen that hand. And Lord, you've seen those that maybe are afraid or embarrassed raise theirs. Father God, we ask that you'd minister mightily. That Lord, your your hand would put that new fence post in and you'd stretch the barbed wire tight so the enemy cannot get in. We're asking for a move of your spirit, Lord, to touch people's hearts today. Encourage them, strengthen them. Remove that fear, Lord. Give us a boldness to walk by faith. And Father, give us a, a, an attitude that we would step forward and seek your face and chase after you, Lord. Let us be seekers that read your word and pray with all our hearts a fervency. Lord, we just trust you. We love you as you love this people, Father. Now, Lord, let that peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds focused on you, Lord Jesus, in the days ahead. We thank you, for through Christ we do have victory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.